they say that a woman is like tea leaves. When you steep them in hot water, you can see what the strength is that they have. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in again. It is Sarah Larby and I'm excited for today's episode. I know I say this a lot, but I'm super excited. Today's guest is Jennifer Otiano. If you haven't heard of her, uh, she actually reached out to me and told me her story. And uh, I, I'm like, I have to have you on my podcast. You are so inspirational. Just to give you guys a little bit of background, Jennifer came from Africa to Edmonton with absolutely nothing, had four kids, was a single mom, and and accumulated today 12 doors and is now a private lender. And she really did this from scratch and, and really started from absolutely nothing. And, uh, and she was able to share her struggles on this podcast and, and how she got to where she is today. Super impressive. And, uh, you know, it is, it is awesome to see people just have that grit and determination and drive to reach their goals and make things happen. And we talked a lot about her moving from Africa to Edmonton. It originally started with basement suites and, and the whole conversion process. And we talked about that as well and passive income and, and how she is a private lender now and how she got there. Uh, so lots of great discussion today. And, uh, and Jennifer, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you for reaching out. I am excited to have you on the podcast and to be able to share your awesome story with all of you guys listening to this. Uh, thank you, Jennifer. And, uh, and thanks guys. And thank you for tuning in. Jennifer, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. How are you today? Good. I'm excited to have you on. You originally sent me a message and, uh, about wanting to be on my podcast and you had such an amazing story. I'm like, I have to have you on. You have to share your story. It's incredible. So thanks for, for taking the time and, uh, and reaching out and I'm excited to get into it today. So for those that uh, may not have you know, met you or heard of you, can you give us a little bit of information about who you are? Thank you. Um, my name is Jennifer Otieno, just like Sarah said. I am originally from Africa, and I came here to Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada, about 22 years ago. I am a single mother of four children, uh, one of whom is a special needs child. And um, I stumbled upon the idea of basement suites because of my divorce. But I'll tell you a little bit of who I am, first of all, and sure. we will go to that later on. Sounds good. So I am a mother of four children, as I said. I'm also a caregiver to my special needs son. I am a registered nurse. I did my nursing at the University of Alberta here in Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta. And um, I love real estate. I'm also an author. I wrote a book called The Try Wisdom Effect. And we'll kind of talk about it a little bit later on. So um, I love real estate, as I've said, and my strategies are trio. So three strategies for my real estate investment. One of them is buy and hold. So I buy only suited properties or properties that are suitable. I build those, I, I build the suite in it and make sure that I have the cash flow required to make it a business. So it's not just a hobby. 
And over the years, I have built about seven basement suites. I have uh, about five buildings uh, with a total of 12 doors. Wow, it's incredible. Congratulations. So you, so you built all of this coming from Kenya, coming into Canada, being divorced, having four kids, you said four kids. Four children, yeah, with a special needs child. And you didn't let any of that and you didn't let any of that stop you, which is incredible. So, so let's Thank just take you. a, I want to take a step back and just ask you, you know, how you have so much drive and motivation. I think they say that um, when a woman, a woman is like tea leaves. When you steep them in hot water, you can see what the strength is that they have. So I guess that when I became a single parent, I had to start looking for that second income that would be passive and would help me and my children and to raise my children. So I really did look out to and look, look to friends to see whether I could find a way to gain that passive income, to replace my missing partner's income. That's awesome. And so, I wanted it to be passive because I was raising children. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. so you mentioned you love real estate and, and you know, this is what you do now. But like, was it something specific that happened where you're like, I'm going to do real estate instead of investing in stocks or starting a business? It's real estate specifically. Like, was there a reason that started it all? It was actually by default. Um, I just, um, I wanted to leave behind the separation pain from the original home where we lived with my ex-husband. And so um, I started looking for a, a place to live and I went to the bank and I was pre-qualified for, pre-approved for um, a side-by-side -side duplex. So I was looking for a side-by-side -side duplex because I wanted one side to house my special needs son and his caregivers and the rest of us, my children and I would live on the, on the other side. But as I was looking, I came across an up and down duplex. And it really impressed me when I did the math, the math made more sense for me. And so I decided that I was gonna buy an up and down duplex instead of a side-by-side -side duplex. And that I would make sure that the cash flow that comes out of it would be enough to cover my mortgage. And so that's how I started uh, my real estate journey. And um, I, I, I started with that, but now I do private lending as well as writing. So I have three, three different strategies. So you, you have the own brick and mortar that you own yourself. You've got your private lending routes and you've yes. got your royalties from, from writing. From writing, yeah. So, so was the first house, so you were saying that you want your son and, and caregiver in one and then you and, and the rest of the kids in the other. Um, yeah. So was there income coming in from the other unit then or was it, was it just you carrying it all? How did, how did that work? Actually, I ended, up, I ended up just building the up and down duplex instead of side by side. I started with that. Mm -hmm. And so I did it such that my special needs son still had a space in the basement area. It's a bigger house. And so the other side, I still had two bedroom basement suite. And that two bedroom basement suite has been paying my mortgage since. Okay, awesome. So, so I did not carry the mortgage. My tenants That's good. House hacking is the way to do it. That's the way to do it, especially when you need that second income. Yeah, absolutely. So you scaled to 12, 12 doors or 12 properties? 12 doors. 12 doors. So how did yeah. you scale to 12 doors on a single income 
with four kids, with one special need kids, and it's still a full-time job, right? You do nursing? Yes, I, I, I am an RN. I'm a registered nurse. I teach nursing as well. So the way that I scaled was once I came into this, this one house that I first owned that had a basement suite, I quickly built up the equity in it because I was actually prepaying a little bit as I got more money from my work. I prepaid it. I had a good amount of equity. I took a home equity line of credit and that's how I scaled up. So from, uh, from the home equity line of credit, I was able to put down a down payment for my second suite, for my second suited home and my third and my fourth and my fifth. And then, and then what happened? Um, so then every, all the money that I get from that, I started lending out. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, I just want to take a moment and interrupt the podcast to introduce you to my mortgage broker, Dahlia Barsoom, and her team at Streetwise Mortgages. Because everything around us is changing, the world as we know it is not going to be the same. COVID-19, the economic crisis is a time of uncertainty for many of us. And the lending and real estate landscape, they're changing quite rapidly day by day. Today's financing and investment decisions are going to be different than the ones that we made yesterday. Dahlia and her team are going to be able to help us maneuver through all of this. They're property investors themselves, so they've worked with thousands of real estate investors across Ontario, and they have their pulse and their finger on what's happening around us in real time from a real estate financing and investments point of view. Her team of advisors are committed to helping us keep informed and get that up-to-date information. And they're also going to be able to help us navigate through this crisis to also mitigate and minimize any financial distress during this whole transition, and also help us emerge out of this in a strong financial position so that we can leverage ourselves for some great opportunities that are going to be coming to us. They've been able to help many investors in times like this by really planning out your plan for the good, but also for the bad, because these circumstances that are happening are going to be very individual for all of us. And they're going to help navigate three key parts, financial stability, financial agility, and opportunity, and help you manage through those three things. When it comes to stability, how can you enhance your reserves and your liquidity to weather the storm? You're going to have a different plan, so it's important to get that individualized plan. How can you utilize mortgage payment deferrals? Should you? Should you not? Why or why not? Any debt restructuring opportunities, those are all things that Dahlia and her team can help you work with. Now, when it comes to financial agility, there's some things that you might want to talk about are how do you make some improvements to your monthly budget so that you can increase your cash flow? Are there any financing tools that you can use to cover some short-term cash flow deficits? When it comes to opportunity, there's going to be some great opportunity that's going to come out of this. How can you set yourself up? for success. So her and her team are going to be able to help you maneuver through these things and create a plan, not only for the good times, but also in times like this, so that you can handle the storm and come out ahead. Feel free to reach out to Dahlia and her team at info at streetwisemortgages.com or go to her website, streetwisemortgages.com. And now back to the show. Oh, very cool. So, so lending yeah. came after you've decided that you've got enough, yeah. enough doors or enough properties that, that bring you enough income. And then you realized that what you wanted to be a little bit more passive or how did the, the private lending happen? 
the private lending, I actually read this book. The by RRSP Greg, Secrets. Yes, the RRSP Secrets by Greg Hubsfred. And I really liked it, the second half of it anyway. I really liked it. And I thought I'm going to do this. And then I went to one of the real estate um, uh, meetings and I met this guy who was um, um, a broker. And what he did was to put all the paperwork together for people who wanted, who had fallen on hard times and wanted to borrow and the banks, banks would not lend them. And he told me about lending. And so when I came and read this book, I decided to actually act on it. So I, I read some, I learn some and I do some. Yeah, take action, of course. No, no analysis paralysis with you. <laughs> no, no. I actually do analyze things a lot, but I do give myself a deadline to be able to take that action. That's good. You're not paralyzed by it for a, a long time. No. That's no. good. So, so, so when you decided to loan out your RSP, so walk us through, you know, if somebody's got maybe some RSPs or, or, or money and they want to be a private lender, just walk us through what that process looks like if someone's interested in, in loaning out their money. So um, apart from having written that in my book, what I do is uh, I don't go looking for people or sourcing people who want to borrow. I have a broker, a real estate broker that actually does all of that. And he does the underwriting, the initial underwriting, and then he sends the paperwork to me. So what I do, and in the, in, uh, at the moment, I actually have one that I'm working on. But what I do is that when the paperwork comes to me, I look through it, I, I do the underwriting and I decide whether I will be able to lend to the person or not. So I have some parameters around who I can lend to. Uh, some files come through, some files don't. And so the first step is usually to get that paperwork. And it consists of many things, just like a bank would require of a borrower. That's the same thing that I require of that borrower, except they usually come with maybe poor credit history, maybe they've lost a job, something has happened in their lives that makes them unable to, to pay whatever they need to pay or to, to, to borrow from the bank. So when they come to me, I look through the paperwork. Once I have underwritten whatever the paperwork is, if I have any questions, I ask for more paperwork the same way the bank would do. And then I look through it. Soon afterwards, I, I will usually send it in within the same day. I'm that fast. So I look through the whole thing. I accept the file or reject the file so that it can move on. If I'm rejecting the file to the next person, I send in my, um, uh, they usually send through sign now. So I sign the paperwork and then I get ready with the money. So usually the money will be taken to the lawyer, uh, will be given to the lawyer. Um, and then from there on, the lawyer, the broker will look through everything, making sure that everything is correct. And then the money will be lent. Sometimes I lend directly from my home equity line of credit. Sometimes I lend through, through Olympia Trust. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors. And Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome, Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. 
And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the, the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, Give us a call or text at 905-592-4220 or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, you know, three companies in Canada that you can do this with if it's registered yes. funds, right? You, you mentioned yeah. Olympia Trust. That's one of them. There's Community Trust and there's like Western trust. I think it's Western yes. trust out, out in, uh, in Western Canada and, yeah. and banks will not tell you that you can do this because essentially they don't want to lose that money, you know, because they, they want you to invest in their mutual funds or, or their things. So they don't tell you about this. So it is important that you listen to these podcasts because this is where you get little tips and tricks from what you can do with your RSP aside from, or your money in general, aside from just investing it into their mutual funds. So can I tell you a little something about sure. that? Yeah. When I uh, when I got ready to start lending, my bank discouraged me for mm. almost two whole years. I can see they that. Told me this is dangerous. You are going to lose your money. It won't work for you. We can give you five percent if you bring <laughs> the money to us. Yeah. But you know, with private lending, you can get upwards of eight to sixteen to seventeen to eighteen to twenty percent even occasionally. Yes. Yeah. So the bank was very discouraging. They, they have to be, right? Unfortunately, because the soon, as soon as you remove the, the money, they're not making money. And that's how they make money, right? Is on your money. And, yes. and a financial advisor that's not fee upfront and they're, they're making commission, they're not mm -hmm. going to want you to move that money either because they're going to lose money from their account. Like we're not trying to pad their, their accounts. We want to ensure that we have money for us, right? It's our hard-earned money. So you've got to take the bull by the horn and, and control, you know, your, your, your own money. So are you loaning out? Can I, can I ask you what the terms are um, that you're loaning? Are you loaning out first mortgages, second mortgages? It sounds to me anyways, that it's a lot of people that need, that need the funds. So it's not investors that you're loaning on to. It's yeah. more people that are looking for funds for themselves. Um, and what are the terms that you're, you're asking for um, on your so end? So for me, the loan to value is usually 80%. Uh, somewhere between 65 and 80% loan to value. I only, I've only been lending to primary residences, but I have moved on to lend to a few friends that are in real estate, you know, investors that may need the money here and there. So we just come up with whatever works for both of us. But the general terms that I have is the loan to value cannot exceed 80%. Now, and are you on a first or second mortgage? I do first and second mortgages. I have done some, I've done fewer first, first positions, but I've had more second positions. I've never lent in third position. 
No, so, that, that's, that's when it becomes a little bit risky, right? Because you're the third payout after they pay the taxes, the legal costs, the first payer, right. the second payer. If there's anything left, it's yours. So you want to make yeah. sure that, you know, so, yeah. so same thing with me. I'll, I'll lend in, in, you know, in second, no problem. I, I like lending yeah. in second, but yeah. third yeah. becomes a little bit risky at that point for me anyways. Yeah. And I do it for a year or two, although I have one client right now who is in their fourth year. Hmm. and I've let it continue because he has always paid. So what, what are the, the interest uh, charges that you usually ask for? And just so somebody that's looking to either loan out their money or even potentially borrow down the road has a good idea, like what, what percentages of interest are you asking and, and what are, you know, the, re, the, the payment terms? Is it monthly, uh, you know, de- uh, deposits into your accounts? Is it quarterly? Like how does that all work? So it's interest only monthly and it's, it's between, I have lent between, the lowest I've lent is actually 13%, 13.75, but I've lent all the way to 19%. 13 to 19% yeah. passively. I mean, obviously you got to do your due diligence and, and you know, ensure yes. that you're, you're putting your money in, in, you know, on a mortgage that has substantial, you know, ability to still be, to still be there, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, but, but 13 to 19% for, for passive income. I mean, that's great, right? You really sign some papers in the beginning and you collect your, your monthly payments. So now you're Mm -hmm. saying that you do this from your HELOCs and you do this for a little bit from your RSP as well. Yeah. RRSPs, tax-free savings accounts, RESPs for my kids. Um, Actually, my daughter went to school for free because of lending. So all the money that I had put aside for her to be able to go to school with, to pay her, you know, her tuition with, she lent that out over a period of time before she went to to post-secondary. And now she's finished and she still has the same amount that she had at the beginning. Are you loaning out? That is is incredible. Now, are you loaning out only in one province? No, actually I've done Ontario as well. I've done Ontario, I've done Vancouver. Um, so I've done Alberta mostly, but I've also done across the country. Yeah. That's cool. Now you have, that's really cool. So you have four kids Are any of them, and I don't know how old they are, but are any of them interested in following your footsteps? My daughter is, she's also a registered nurse. She just finished her degree in December. Uh, she is interested. My son who is 20 years of age, uh, has a little bit of interest. Sometimes I, you know, one way of teaching him is to get him to do some of the work, like the underwriting. <laughs> he has to sign papers for confidentiality. Nice. Yeah. You're, you're, so yeah, you know, those two are kids. interested. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good. So, you know, what do you prefer? Do you prefer, you know, the brick and mortar doing it yourself or do you prefer being a private lender or do you think it's important to do both? Uh, to me, it's important to do both because with the private lending, uh, I'm almost assured of that amount monthly. Uh, with with, with um, buy and hold, occasionally you have vacancies that, you know, you know, so the money is up and down. And if the market goes down and the vacancy is very high, then you don't get as much as you expected to. But with private lending, it is um, mostly passive. You do the paperwork at the beginning, you sign the paperwork, and then you take the checks to the bank every month. Yeah. With, um, with buy and hold, there is, you know, there's lots of things that happen with tenancies, landlord tenancy, you know, 
problems that can occur. And uh, I do have a property manager, but still you have to manage the manager as well. So. Of course. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. you know, no one's going to care about your properties as much as you, right? If they're your I properties. I prefer private lending, but the problem with private lending is that you forfeit the, the, the mortgage pay down because you don't own the home, right? And any equity that might occur in that home, you don't get it. But the mm -hmm. goodness with it, it's, it's, it's passive, really. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I know there's, there's pros and cons to both. And I mean, so yeah. I loan out my RSP myself as well. Like I have mine in, in community trust and I loan it out, but I loan it out to investors and, and you know, mostly they're students that I, I know what they're buying oh, okay. <laughs> and I enjoy, and I enjoy doing that as well. Wonderful. Yeah. So like, I'd rather do that with my RSP than to just give it to the bank or, you know, it was originally in Questorate and I was doing my own stuff, but it's just so much more, yeah. you know, more fun to have it, <laughs> have it in mortgages. And I understand that a lot more, right. Than, than the stock market. So yeah, yeah it's uh, it's cool. So, so you've got the income coming mm -hmm. in from, you know, your, your 10 or 12 doors rather, you've got the income coming yeah. in from uh, your private lending route. So, which is good. And, and in order to create wealth and, and, you know, you look at most millionaires, they have more than, you know, just a couple sources of income. They usually have three, they usually have four or more sources of income. Now you also have your book that's, that's right. creating some, yeah. some royalties, I think, or some, some funds for you for that. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. How did you come mm -hmm. up? Yes. How did you come up? And with I just, the um, the book is actually not so much about real estate. Half of it is. The other part of it is about self-care. So, you know, as we make lots of money, it's very easy to get pulled in that direction and forget about taking care of yourself. So the book is to those people who do not have time, which is all of us, you don't have the time to actually put aside to really rest and do your, you, you know, your own care, care of yourself so that you can care for other people. We find that um, life can be such, such, such a ride, you know, a roller coaster ride with lots of things to do. So I came up with the idea, and this is what I do for my own life, is to look for three most important things to do on any given day or in any given week or month or year so that, you know, I can delegate the rest of it or cross it out or I do the most important things that will move the needle. So the reason I came up with the book is to actually help people to simplify their lives and optimize it. That's great. By using the strategy I call try wisdom, which is three wisdoms. So amongst the million things that you have to do, what are the three most important things that will actually make an impact in your life this day, this week, this month, this year? And then I concentrate on one at a time to its best conclusion. And then I move to the next one and then to the third one. That way I don't feel overwhelmed because I know there's three things to do. And I concentrate on one at a time and do it to the best possible um, um, level. Yeah, that, that's great insight. I mean, you know, rather than having so many things to do and, and doing a, a half-assed job on everything else. So it's, uh, it is important to focus. And you said one thing I love, like my, one of my yeah. favorite words is delegation. I love it. Because it, it allows you to work on your business yes. and not in your business. What are some things that you delegate in your life? 
So for example, um, just looking at my life in general, there are things that the kids can do. There are things that they, you know, the nanny can do, for example. There are things that if I'm doing stuff in business, you know, the, uh, the bookkeeper can do. Instead of me working in that, I work on the business itself, just like you said. So instead of me doing all the little, little paperwork, I push that to the accountant, to the bookkeeper, and then I just do the main things. I move the business forward. Yeah, absolutely. So those are just examples of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you put different things into the different buckets, right? I mean, if it's important yes. enough and, it, and you mm-hmm. enjoy doing it, you can do it. If it's not yeah. important, yeah. You, know, you know, there's delete. You can delete something. Yeah. You can do it. You yeah. can delegate it or you can mm-hmm. defer it. Yeah. I always divide it into four. There yeah. are the important things that are also urgent. There are urgent things that are not important. You know about that, right? I do. And I do. But the listeners might not. So, cause I, I, I went to like <laughs> sales school or not sales yeah. school, but I've, I've done, I have like a sales career as my background. So we did, yeah. we did that whole chart with the important and urgent and, and important and, yeah. you know, urgent and not, and not urgent. Yeah. yeah. But go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Talk about it. So I think it's really interesting. usually those things that are so, uh, they look like they're so urgent, but they're not important. And they really nag at you that you, you know, you feel you have to do that right now, but you have to stop and think and say, is that going to move anything forward? Or is it, you know, just delete those, delete them. They might be, or delegate them if they are too noisy to your well-being that you cannot really concentrate and do what the work that you're supposed to do, then delegate that to somebody else so that they stop making the noise in the background of your life. So then there is important things that are also uh, urgent. Those need to be done right now. But there is important things that are not urgent and we tend to leave those because they are not nagging at you. They're not disturbing you. You have it at the back of your mind that you will do those things, but then you never get to them. But they are going to affect your life in a bigger way than any of these things that you are doing. So Mm -hmm. you've got to really look to make sure that you are doing those things. You schedule them so that you can do them in your tri-wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I like that category of importance and non-urgent because I think that's where a lot of people's goals fall, right? Where, yes. you know, the, the things that they need to do for those longer term goals are mm-hmm. not necessarily urgent that you need to be, you know, doing it right away, but they're really important mm-hmm. and then they get left to the back burner, right? Yes. And, and that's the stuff yeah. that we as investors and, and entrepreneurs should be focus on, focusing on it, is that important, not urgent stuff, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because that's where yes. all of our goals, that's where everything that like, you know, and recently I even, I heard that, I heard, I heard this and it stuck with me, but we're always so busy, you know, like helping somebody else for their dream, right? Or, or yes. their goals mm-hmm. that we forget mm-hmm. sometimes about our own. And that yeah. goes down to the, the stuff that's non-urgent but important so definitely like take some time every day you know to, or, or at least every week to, to focus mm-hmm. on some of that stuff and the stuff that in the last quadrant was the non-important non-urgent aka yeah. delete <laughs> that, that is deleted i'm not even mentioning it so in the quadrant i only deal with those three yeah the ones that are non-urgent non-important that's delete yeah that's deleted yeah so what's mm-hmm. the next, what's the next step for you? 
Uh, so right now I have written a course because people ask me about basement suites. And um, every time I go to somebody's house, more times than not, I find that they bought the wrong house to start with. A house that you cannot suite, but they want to suite it because they know the neighbor is making money out of suiting theirs and now they've learned it too late. So what I decided to do is to write a course where people can actually know the essential things to look out for when they are buying the house the first time if they ever intend to either suite it for, for monetary income or for housing um, a, a, you know, a special needs person like myself, my child, uh, or even housing an elderly parent or using it as a, a business office or even you know sometimes people down down downsize into their basement suite later on so there are so many benefits of a basement suite that may not be monetary mm -hmm. so people need to look into into that and that's what i'm uh, i've done uh, that's my latest project is to put that together i just finished putting it together and i hope that uh, you know i have some students already and they're enjoying the course so far good that's, that's awesome next step yeah. I mean, and that's important, right? Because it's a lot of investors that haven't done it yet don't realize that there's so many things to look at, right? Like from zoning yeah. to basement height to parking to, and, and a lot of the municipalities have, you know, so there's Ontario building code stuff that, you know, is what it is, but then there's different mm -hmm. things when it comes to even parking, right? Some municipalities will yeah. do tandem, some will do parallel, like you know, some will approve one type of parking, some, some will not. So there's lots of things to keep in mind. So that, you know, that course would be very valuable for somebody that's, that's looking to, you know, get into that, that strategy, because you don't want to be buying a piece of property and then realize that regardless, you bought in a flood zone. And regardless of what yeah. you do, you're not going to be duplexing mm -hmm. it. Cause if you, if you plan on that being your, your refi and your cash out and, and your cash flow, that's uh, unfortunately a mistake. So you don't want to be making those expensive mistakes. And I do talk about in the course, I talk about five essentials for the actual structure and seven rights to think about before you buy the house itself. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So Jennifer, the, the next part of the podcast is our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a series of five questions. You're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? This week's lightning round is brought to you by Megan Chomut. If you're looking for a great financial advisor to add to your team who actually understands and incorporates real estate as part of your overall plan and gets your money working for you, you can reach out to Megan at meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. And also she's offered for my podcast listeners to provide you with a free customized individualized 90 day game plan for getting ahead. So to get that, go to meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. That's M-E-G-H-A-N. C-H-O-M-U-T dot com forward slash Sarah. And now back to the show. Yes. All right. So question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever? Like many people, it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> I, I wish I wrote that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's your like, podcast is writing that book in its way, in, in its own way. I love it. 
Thanks. It's, it's, it's like literally, I think 95% of the guests say rich dad porn. It is such yeah. a life changing book. Like he's, yeah. he's genius. Cause, cause before him, nobody yeah. wrote it that simply for so many people to like be able to like click those connections and make that's those connections. Right. So it is such yeah, a great book. Right. He's, he's, yeah, he's it awesome. is. all right. Number it two, is. it changes your mindset. It does. It does for sure. Mm-hmm. Number two, what is your favorite podcast? There are two podcasts that actually keep me in line. And one of them is Dave Ramsey. He keeps me tethered to reality. But then there is Rich Dad, (laughs) which gives me wings to fly. And, uh, you know, a different mindset to actually take on some risk and make things happen. So those are my two favorite podcasts. They balance each other out. They balance each other out, yeah. Awesome. Number three... Jennifer, what do you do for fun when you're not doing real estate? I like dancing and I like discussing ideas, solutions to real estate problems and solutions to general life problems with my daughter. We can go on and on forever. You know, like sometimes we will be talking for two hours nonstop and then we realize, my goodness, look at the time. (laughs) <laughs> so we just we just come up with solutions we talk about the goodness of god and so on yeah very good very good mm-hmm. number four mm-hmm. jennifer if you lost all of your money and all of your assets tomorrow how would you start again personally i would start by teaching people things that have worked and things that haven't worked so that they know what to do so they don't have to reinvent the wheel so I, I would be teaching. I love teaching. I could teach for free if I won $10 million. <laughs> yeah, I love teaching. I would be teaching for a fee and speaking for a fee, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And writing. I love that, yeah. That's yeah. good. It's incredible. That I you... also know how to braid. So I might braid somebody's hair for... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I don't know how you find all Sorry? of that time, but you, you are clearly a good delegator. All right. So question, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> question number five, last question of the lightning round. If somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend that money? I would recommend that they take a little bit of that money, maybe somewhere in the tune of four to $7,000 and put it in their education. That would be the most important thing, education, because when you have it, even if you lost money, like in the last question that you asked, you have it with you. You don't lose that unless you lost your mind, but you don't lose that. So with education, you can do a lot of things. You can learn so many things. And some of us have actually not gone to school to learn these things. We have learned it by just, you know, going to seminars, uh, webinars and stuff like that to learn. And the other thing is, um, I would ask that I would actually buy uh, or advise somebody to buy a suited home because the math makes sense much more than a home without a sweet wood. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Jennifer, where can my listeners reach out if they wanted to connect with you or know more about you? So I have two websites. One website is secondarysuitesolutions.com 
the other one is is trywisdomvillage.com so the trywisdomvillage.com is for the book you can also find the book on amazon uh, the other way you can reach me is jane at trywisdomvillage.com if you are thinking about the book if you are thinking about just real estate pure then you can reach me at trywisdom sorry you can reach me at trywisdomjen at gmail.com okay and and so you facebook have, how do you pronounce yeah. because you because your 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 spelling of jennifer is different can you just let people know how to spell that so that they know where to find you so it's like jane j a n e p for peter h e r jennifer or jennifer o t n o o t i e n o so you can also find me on facebook you can find me on youtube on facebook um on facebook we go by basement suites done right and on um on on youtube it's secondary suite solutions and the course is also called basement suites done right so you can find us in those ways we are on twitter secondary suites solutions so if you type in secondary suite solutions you should be able to find us or basement suites done right Awesome. And I always ask this as a last question. What is your last final piece of advice for my listeners? If you are building a suited home, make sure that it's legal. I have a little story where I was actually, I, I, I bought a home, all the suites in that area were illegal. So I thought, why not buy one, right? Wrong. Immediately the city came after me this, the suite was decommissioned and I had to lose a lot of money because of that. So make sure it's legal, make sure it is, um, it's aesthetically pleasing so that, you know, when you get your tenants, they can stay. You get the right tenants and you help them to stay by nurturing them well. The most important thing that I would say to the, the viewers is if you took the number one, and all the wealth that you got are zeros around that number one that make it millions and billions of dollars, whatever you make. Remember that the one is, the one represents your health. So any of those zeros, you could lose some of them, but you still have your wealth, your health. If you lost your health, the, the one, all the zeros become meaningless. That is something I talk about in my book. So that's yeah. the advice I would give people. Great Think advice. About your health. Great advice. Health comes first. Without health, I mean, who cares about the money, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jennifer, for being on the show and, and sharing your, your wealth of knowledge and all of your insights. And, you know, congratulations on your success. Like you've really built this and you, you know, decided that you weren't going to let anything stop you and, and look at you now. So congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. 
What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.